0: Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter Lowry and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. to the Wealth Accelerator podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Chris Simpson. He is an advisor at Sierra Ridge Wealth Management with me. We just finished up uh, an awesome Zoom call. We had that, uh, like, like I told you guys about, um, we had that call with a couple chief economic advisors. We had our happy hour, all great stuff. We learned a lot. So I wanted to have Chris on here. Like I said, he did the happy hour with me, but he also is an expert in the field of annuities. So I wanted to have him on, get his take on kind of why we need annuities, um, just really the role that they play, especially in the down market right now. I think that it's a super important aspect, and he can really talk about that. So, Chris, happy to have you on here. Um, I guess we can actually start by recapping. Let's, let, let's touch on some of the points for those who didn't hear about the call with the two economists. Um, what were some of the major takeaways that you got, and what, what did you find most interesting about the call?
1: Uh, you know, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Um, I really kind of I was really surprised at the bullish approach um that uh the the two economists that were on board today had not so much because uh I'm not bullish myself but you know um, I'm I'm 31 years old I've got a, a long time horizon and I'm a long-term investor um it's not a really big deal for me to um uh, be bullish in the market because I've got a lot of time to recover but these guys were uh were saying that you know within 18 months they saw the next recovery, which is very optimistic. Um, and, you know, I think by all accounts, we probably both hope that within 18 months, we have a full recovery. But that being said, you know, if you uh, put all your, your, all your eggs in that basket um, and you don't have any backup plan, you don't have another bucket where you have some type of fixed compounding interest that is attributing to your account balance, then I feel like you're doing yourself you know, disfavor.
0: No, I totally agree with you. And it's something that I've been harping on a lot. You know, and during up markets, it's pretty funny. Everyone, you know, they, they get to the point where, oh, we're not, we're not hitting the most returns possible. And, and I want to get more aggressive and, and I want to be, you know, let's shoot the moon right now. And then all of a sudden you get a time like right now and everybody's wishing that they were conservative. So having a little bit of that aspect, I think is, you know, it's pretty underrated and people don't really realize the importance of it until we experience something like this, huh? I mean, I can tell you right now,
1: probably 60% of my clients are nearing retirement. Hmm. And, and that's just kind of a, uh, attributed to some of my earlier marketing approaches. And um, a lot of the people that you know, I first encountered while I was uh, over at Prudential for you know, my first few years in the business, um, a lot of those guys were just getting close to retirement and they needed um, tools in their belt that were going to help them establish some type of pension but those 60% of the clients or those 65% of my clients have lost no money through this downturn.
0: Through This whole time, no money, lost no money. money. They've lost
1: no money through this downturn. And, and maybe, maybe I'll even be more specific. They've lost no income during this downturn. And that's because a hundred percent of those guys, because of their set, because they conservative um, approach to investing, because they didn't have a really long time horizon, they were all placed in fixed products and fixed products have a zero floor. So, um just kind of putting that in layman's terms they couldn't lose any money they could only make money yeah um there was a cap there you know they didn't make as much money as other people did in that market but they did have gains and then when it comes down to saying okay well now you know we're looking at something that's unprecedented we didn't under we didn't expect um there to be a a global pandemic but you know just kind of we did think that there was going to be a downturn at some point, you know, we're looking at 11 years of upside at some point there was going to be a downturn and something happened. And, you know, I'm looking like a genius for those 60% of my clients.
0: Yeah. Big time. And you lagged a little bit there. I don't know if that's going to come through the uh, the audio recording or not, but um, either way, we, we got a good gist of it. Um, I, I kind of got ahead of myself though. Give us a little bit of background on why you're such an expert on annuities kind of where you came from just a quick synopsis of you know you know the background of your advisory business
1: so essentially uh you know when I first got in this business um I came in through a family referral so you know my father has been an advisor for the last 35 years um and just kind of being a boomer himself uh, he's 63 years old now you know he's a very conservative person I think a little bit of that rubbed off on me and some of the advice that I was given really young in this business is that, you know, you can never go wrong when you place somebody into an investment that doesn't lose <laughs> because at some point there's always going to be a moment in time where you're, will you look smart, you know? And so, uh, I actually started off, um, just solely life insurance. And so I was using life insurance as an alternative investment for people that had a lot of money, um, that was exposed in equities, but, didn't have instruments that were gonna you know, give them um, any regular compounding interest without interruptions. And you know, whenever we look at the sequence of returns, you can uh, match up somebody's investments dollar for dollar. Um, and when they don't have any of the losses in the market, most times they end up prevailing over the person that, that uh, is 100% exposed in equities. And it just really depends on the time horizon, right? Because if we're talking about 30 years, the person that's 100% exposed in equities, of course, it's going to win a whole lot more, but for the, we're looking at, okay, the next five, six years, five to 10 years, um, who's going to beat me if I'm looking at somebody who's looking at retiring um, and spending their next 25, 30 years um, without any uh, added income going into those buckets.
0: Yeah. Big time. It, it's just, it's so funny that you talk about that because like the whole time horizon thing and having a long-term perspective is something that I've talked about, so much lately you know like i've said people that have a goal of retiring in the next five years if they lost a lot of money right now they were just invested wrong like they just shouldn't have even been in that much equity they should have been in more annuities they they should have been in safer investments with with a floor and even people that have a long-term goal there's even you know there is a bucket of of money and a bucket of goods that at least a portion and that portion is smaller obviously when you're younger but there's still a portion there that should be set up as a more conservative and, I mean, I'm not going to say the word guarantee, but it, it almost is as close to a guarantee as you can get, right? With a 0% chance of losing. Um, th- there's a place in every single person's portfolio for it. I mean, between my wife and myself, we've probably got about $700,
1: let's say, um, being invested into life insurance policies per month. Yeah. Now, these are the things that we're thinking, oh, we're just going to just make all this, With these life insurance policies no way like it's not even the the selling point of it at all for me yeah Um, but it is a place that i know that i can put money and for me it's like a roth on steroids yeah you know i'm I'm putting money into this place i know that eventually that i can have access to it um, form of a loan against (laughs) against my life insurance policy that i could get out and never have to pay back yeah um when i pass away my beneficiaries will get whatever I leave to them, less my loans.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, no, yeah, that's all great info, man. Um, I, I want to hear about, you were talking, you know, you're a little bit surprised about the bullishness of the, of the presentation. And, and I want to touch on some of those points for those that weren't able to tune in because there was a ton of great stuff between Brian Westbury and Chris. I, I can't pronounce that guy's last name, but the two of them were super bright. Um, it was an hour long conference call. I learned a lot. It was actually kind of nice because it reinforced a lot of the ideas that I already had going into this. But what were some of the things that stuck out most to you just from their entire presentation?
1: Well, uh, you know, for me, just just knowing that the market's already been priced in for a 50% um, loss in profit. Uh, and corporate profit
0: year. is what they said. Yeah. Corporate profit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that does give you a lot of positive positive outlook on the market, right? Because you're saying, okay, well, you know, I've been waiting for a bottom. There's some people that are seriously trying to time the market. Now, you and I both know you can't time the market. You just have to get invested into it. And, you know, I've always been a fan of dollar cost averaging. If you say, okay, well, you know, I make X amount of money per month. I spend this this much on bills. I spend this much on whatever I want. Take some of that discretionary and say, okay, well, I'm going to take a third of that discretionary. I'm just going to put that away into the market every month, and I'm going to continue to do that, or every week, whatever those are. Keep it good, and the eventual hope that one day, when I decide to retire, it'll have a substantial amount of work work, worth, you know, for for my retirement. Um, But the only way to time the market is to be in it. You, I think the saying goes, you have to be in it to win it. You know.
0: Yeah, big time. And that was super crazy. So um, the stat, like I I wrote it down as they were saying it, because that thing just jumped out at me. Brian Westbury said that the stock market has already priced in a 50 to 70% decline in in corporate profits. And in the crisis during 08, there was only a 40% drop in corporate profits. So basically the moral of the story was he believes that this thing is super oversold. Like the market has priced in a way bigger drop than even happened in 08. And what we're experiencing right now isn't even close to 08. There's no real economic problems now. Obviously we're gonna have some unemployment numbers and GDP is gonna be dropping, but these are all health related issues that we came into this thing in a strong economic spot, right? And, and really what he said is he's so bullish because we came in at such a strong economic spot. Once we can open back up the floodgates and open up the economy back up, we, we, we're going back out into a green pasture basically like the, those uh, the, the structure of the economy was so good at the time that it's still there. Unfortunately, this came out of nowhere. And the only way to solve it, the, the, he said the only way that we're going to hit a bottom and a real bottom is once we have a health related um, solution. It's not an economic solution. The government aid that we're getting is a band-aid, and it's good. It's necessary. He said, but we're not really gonna hit that bottom until there's a health solution. Um, but that being said, I mean, I was really shocked, also, how bullish he was because there's a lot of people out there saying that you know we could go retest those lows that we saw on March 23rd. I mean, you know, something that we ought- also have to take into account
1: is you know uh, one of the things that we keep hearing is that this could be a really uh, a seasonal sickness, right? Mm-hmm. It could be like flu. Um, the flu season is during the winter. You know, most of the time we have cold temperatures. People get the flu. You start taking your flu shot in the fall. This year, there was an early arrival of the flu, at least here in the state of California. I'm not sure what it was like nationwide, but I know that everybody that we know got sick early on. You know, I I remember heading to Mexico uh, in, what was that, November, and just, like, being completely sick, man, just – And and it felt like it was the worst flu I've ever had. And I took the flu shot this year. So I didn't get it. I I thought usually, you know, you take the flu shot. If you do get sick, the flu shot helps you recover a little faster. Didn't happen this year. So, you know, all that being said, I'm just saying there could be a second resurgence in the fourth quarter once we do have the fall happen again. And now you've got a mutated COVID 19 coming out um, that we're not 100% prepared for.
0: Yeah. And that was a major point that he said, you know, he was like, I. he said that 18 to 24 months, he sees us being back at our highs that we were at a few months ago. But he said, major, but if we see COVID-19 come back in next winter time that we're going to, we could, you know, probably go into the same sort of thing. We're going to see another downturn. So it'll be really interesting over the next couple of years to see the volatility. And realistically, I think there's, even though, we might get back to those highs in between 18 to 24 months. The road there is going to be really jagged. I think it's going to be super volatile. So really either you're going to be panicked and you're going to be emotional and sell at bad times and lose out, or you can stick to your guns, ride it out and you're going to do well in the long run. I think it's that's pretty different. much what he was saying.
1: Yeah, you've got to look at the history of the market as a whole and you can say, okay, well, Right now, look at where we are in comparison to 1920. Look at where we are in comparison to 1990. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, the, 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 uh, the graph is, in a, is a mountain that's you know, forever climbing.
0: Yep. Big time. Big time.
1: If you um, invest it now, you've got a long time horizon. Continue to invest over time. Sometimes your losses, it's nothing, it's nothing to pay attention to on a daily basis. You shouldn't be worried about it every day.
0: Right. The biggest thing, man, and I wrote it in all caps on my notes because uh, re- talk about standing out. Brian Westbury, he said, remaining invested in America and trusting in our healthcare system and free market capitalism is and always will be the best way to invest. And I was like, man, how, how can you put it in better words than that? Like, just like you said. Imagine investing in 1920 and you put all your money you had in the market and through all the recessions, all the depressions that we had and all the times people could have panicked, just leaving it and not touching it. You're going to do well. The market always rebounds every single time.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, uh, something that was, uh, a big like kind of topic, you know, just moving into these index products was uh, asset allocation, right? And you look at asset allocation. Okay. How how heavily am I, am I invested into this asset versus this type of asset versus this class of asset? And you know, if you got a uh, a good allocation, right? If you are uh, equally exposed in areas that you know are beneficial. I mean, every area is kind of getting a little tongue tied on it. But at the end of the day, just get invested. For the most part, a company like Nike. You know, for instance, and I'm not saying anybody should be invested in Nike because, you know, that would be trying to give an opinion. But what I am saying is a company like Nike, where is it going? Where is it going? If, if I were to ask a regular person, you know, where is the trajectory of Nike? I would say nine out of ten times that person would tell me they're going to continue to grow.
0: Yep. And I'm right on your same path, man. Everyone that's listening to my show knows, but I've been really harping on Disney um, you know, they got beat up once, once their, um, their parks closed, the stock took a dip and, you know, obviously different suitability for different clients, but I have some clients pretty heavily invested in Disney and it's the same thought, you know, of course it could go down, but long run from now, when has Disney, how many people believe that Disney's going to go bankrupt or not be around in the next 10 years? I mean, I don't think if you had a room of a thousand people, I'm not sure one person would raise their hand
1: you know what I'd really be interested in seeing? I'd really be interested in seeing what the subscription numbers for Disney plus look like now, as opposed to what they look like a month ago.
0: Well, and that's, what's impressive about some of these companies. You start talking about the Nikes and the Disney's and these big, large caps, they figure out how to conform to different situations. You know, who would have thought 15 years ago that Disney would have a video watching platform like a Netflix that people could subscribe to and take advantage of in times when we're quarantined. I mean, they, they figured out they, they're large cap companies and they're this big for a reason you know they get through situations like this hey guys thanks for tuning in to part one of my interview with chris uh <laughs> we ended up talking for a lot longer than i realized we we got to chatting and by the time i finished the recording it was uh, it was pretty long so i'm going to cut this up into two parts for you guys um hope you're enjoying the content like i said the the webinar that we held and the or happy hour that we held and the webinar with the two chief economists, um, they were really, really great. Learned a lot. So, I hope you guys are enjoying all the information. I'm sorry that the recording is a little bit choppy in some spots. This was the first time I had actually used a Zoom video and recorded it and transferred the audio out. I'm feeling like a computer guru now. <laughs> but as always, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hey, go check out my website, hunterlowry.com. There's a big green button on there. You can schedule a call with me. We can go over any of your concerns, questions about what we're talking about, questions about the market, what to do during these times. We can go over any of that. So go over there, schedule a call with me, and be on the lookout for part two of the interview with Chris. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.